Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, we bless you tonight. We just thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, Father, that we hear your voice. We thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit that you've given us to be our helper, to make the difference in everything in life. We bless you. We honor you. We give you praise tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen and amen. Well, how's everybody tonight? Everybody awake? It's a good thing you're awake. Because we got some good word tonight, amen? So, um, if you were here on... If you were here on Sunday night when I, when uh, Becky and I prayed over you and we laid our hands on you and spoke over your life, um, there was a good, good, good example. <clears throat> Today is Harmony's birthday. Huh? Yes, it is. Happy birthday to Harmony. Awesome. Hmm? She's 22, I think, right? 22? No, 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 she's not. <clears throat> awesome. Happy birthday, Harmony. Um, but there is a perfect example of how the prophetic works, how the manifestations of the Spirit work. Um, and again, for years, we always acknowledged that they, these were gifts. But the word gifts is not in the the in 1 Corinthians 12, when it talks about gifts, that word was added by the translators. It was not in the literal translation um, of Scripture. And so <clears throat> what he's talking about are the manifestations of the Spirit, um, the gifts of the Spirit. And, and what happened, what I, what I believe happened, this is just my interpretation of it, but what I believe happened through the years is that... Um, the church got their focus on the gifts and away from the Spirit. People trying to find out what gifts they have and this and that and the other. And, and the focus, I feel like, in a lot of ways, got away from the Holy Spirit and over on to what people were supposedly operating in. But when you look at the nine gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, as we've been, you know, extensively going through, when you look at the nine gifts of the Spirit, and, and you know, the King James, the New King James, most scriptures call it gifts. When you look at it, what he's talking about is spiritual things. The spiritual presence, the, the Holy Spirit's presence in us, and with these different nine manifestations, how that the Holy Spirit is here to help us. So we had a line of people here, and God spoke to me very clearly what to speak over every person, and I, and I did. And we released the manifestation of the things that God put in your hearts 
to see those things come to pass. There was a release. So I started, we, Becky and I started down here and we began to move down the line. And somewhere in the middle there, I, I don't even remember who it was or, or, or who I was giving a word to, I touched someone's hand and, and I, God gave me a word or something. I don't, I don't even, it, it's, it's difficult to do that and ever remember it. I, I don't remember that. But the things that were spoke, but you should. You should remember at least, you know, the just of the things that were said because, see, those manifestations of the Spirit, and tonight what we're talking about is the manifestation of the word of knowledge and the, and the word of wisdom. We talked mainly last time about the word of knowledge, and tonight we're going to focus on the word of wisdom. And, 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 and I'm going to show you in Scripture that of those nine manifestations... The greatest of those nine is the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom is something that is in the future. The word of knowledge is, is and we've, as we've read all these different accounts in Scripture of words of knowledge, words of wisdom, the discerning of spirits, the working of miracles, the, all the different gifts that we've talked about up to this point or the manifestations that we've talked about up to this point, as we've looked at the examples in Scripture, God just wants us to know that the same manifestations that happened in Scripture will happen in us, in this church, in our lives, in the people that we come in contact with. That's what they were meant for. They were meant to manifest in us and through us to help us to get over to people that God is real. Amen? To get over to people that God is the healer, the deliverer, the miracle worker. God is all those things. But it's only as he wills. Many times, I've, I've, <clears throat> a lot of times when I go out of this church last year, four or five different times when I was in, in different churches or, or conferences or whatever I, I'd minister in, um, I, I would have prophetic words and, and, and the prophetic would begin to flow. And then and, and in, inevitably, someone will come up to me afterwards and say, well, you know, why didn't you give me a word? Well, it's not up to me. It's not as I will, it's as he wills, you see? So as, so as we were going down the line, and I, and I, and I, like, like I said, something happened, and I probably had, I don't, I don't remember, what do you think, eight or 10 or 12 different people that I had some type of a word for, and then not others, but it's just, you say, well, well why didn't you have something for me? It, it, it doesn't work that way. You know, it's not like, well, it's because that person's better than you are. <laughs> or maybe because they're nicer and you got a, they got a word and you don't, you're not. No, it has nothing to do with that. It's that you didn't need a word. You know, God's speaking to you. You're, you're receiving that. You didn't need that you, right then. They, they need it. Other times you, you need it. And God knows. He knows, the, the, he knows the end from the beginning. He knows everything in between. He knows what we need when we need it. All we have to do is make sure we're connecting with God, with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Um, um, anybody that from Sunday night that I spoke a word to that you can, you know, if you, if you don't feel comfortable, maybe you're still thinking about the word, maybe you're still meditating on it, you don't feel comfortable about saying anything, I'm not trying to embarrass anybody, but does any, did I speak anything to anybody? All I'm talking about is just this Sunday night. Not, any, not words you got from other people at other times or anything. Just Sunday night. Anybody have something that you can just 
tell me something that I said that bore witness in your heart? Anybody? Uh-huh. So you knew that was for you, okay, all right? So, so she said that I, that I talked about her having a clear conscience and, and that ministered to her as God saying that, that, in other words, she knew that already and God was confirming that through what I said. So what, what was that, what d- demonstration or manifestation of the Spirit was that saying, confirming to her what God had already spoken to her. That was a word of knowledge, right? That was a word of knowledge about right now, okay? And like I said, you remember, I've shared with you lots of different scriptures. I mean, there's words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discerning of spirits, working of miracles, gifts of healings, all of those are in the Bible. All nine of those are manifested in the Bible, and all nine of them are manifested in the book of what? Acts. You know, a lot of people call the book of Acts the Acts of the Apostles. There's another mistake. See, so, so, so what, what, is, what does that make people think? It's only for a certain group of people, right? It's the acts of the Holy Spirit. And the same acts, so so what are acts? They're actions, things that happen, right? Well, if acts and things happen of the manifestation of the Spirit in those days, and we read about those, they're for our benefit, right? It's for us to grow and to, to, to be encouraged about the fact that those same type of acts will manifest now, but as He wills. Not as we work it up or make it happen or or whatever. You're not going to make something happen. You can't do that. Somebody else that had a word Sunday night that you can just share a piece of it or something? Who's this? Oh, Angela, yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so I said about you that you're going to be rooted in this place. Okay. Yeah. I remember that now. Yes. I remember that. So, so that bore witness to you. Okay. That like God had been speaking that to you, that, that you've found your home and, and it's no pressure. It's like, you know, she leaves in two weeks from now. That's her business. You know what I'm saying? But I'm, I'm saying it's not a pressure. I'm trying to make a point that God confirms something. I think you were one of the ones that we touched your hands and I said, the, said th- this is what I heard when we touched your hands, right? And, and, and that, that I heard that, I remember that now, yes. So, so, you're, so, she, so what we spoke was something that she are, God had already been dealing with her about and the word of knowledge like that comes to bring confirmation like it did... Uh, with each one, who else did I, who else gave me a word? But Kristen and who else? Was it just you two? Oh, okay. Why did I think I had three? 
<laughs> no, I guess not. What Kristen said and then, and, and then Angela. So, so it's confirmation and, and, it, and you remember those things. He, those words are brought to us to help us to really believe that what we're kind of sensing is going to be real and the enemy's not going to be able to talk us out of it. See, if you ever get planted in a house, in a place, if you ever planted there and you know you're supposed to be there, the enemy will do everything to talk you out of it. He'll bring up all kinds of situations and, well, I don't, you know, I don't really need to do that. But if God has said it, and, and it's not being led by just the word of a person, you've got to know it in your heart. See, it's the Holy Ghost that's the key to this whole thing. It's not, it's not a word coming from me or from you to someone else, but you and I realizing how vitally important it is that we only speak what God says. See, because if you dream something up or it seems right or you see somebody, you know, that appears, you know, just their natural appearance looks like you need to say something to them, that never works. It's never based on what you see. It's what you learn to hear and hear. Now, now I'm going to give you a key to tapping into this more and more all the time. This is the key. If you don't pray in other tongues on a regular basis, your own personal prayer language, you don't set yourself up to being able to hear the voice of the Spirit. See, if you're not praying in other tongues on a regular basis, you're not developing your ability to hear spiritually. So what does that mean? Well, we don't have time to. Why? Because we're meditating so much on natural things. You're listening to natural ideas, so then the decisions that we make come from the soul instead of from our conscience, like we were talking about on Sunday, as we have, as Kristen was saying, that God's saying to her about a clear conscience for herself. We want our conscience to be clear so we can hear the Spirit of God say what we need to hear. Then when somebody speaks a word to us, nine times out of ten, nine and a half times out of ten probably, the words you get, you already knew that. Sometimes, like a word of wisdom, will, will come forth and that word of wisdom will be spoken about things that are going to happen. One more. Anybody else have a word, somebody that I spoke something? Yeah. This, that this year, meaning out here, like from today on, is going to be a, a time of what? Decision. This, I, I used the word decision, didn't I? I said decision. I remember that. Okay? And a clear conscience. Okay? Okay? Decision. So, there's going to, so, so what does that mean? Remember, what these are, are the, the, this isn't like, it's not a book of wisdom, it's not a paragraph of wisdom, it's a word of wisdom. And it may just be one word, it may be a sentence, it may be a couple of sentences, it may be a little bit of, of some information that's being given, but it's just a nugget to challenge your spirit man to submit to what God's trying to get over to you, things that you might be dragging your feet on. Well, I don't know if I want to do that. Then all of a sudden, you hear this word, and, and other people say, well, what does decision have to do with anything? But 
but everything, see, to the person that received it, everything. That's why it's so important. I got, I got chills on my body right now just thinking about how important it is to speak the right word. I, 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 I know at a time, certain time in my life as a pastor, um, when I saw other pastor friends of mine that operated prophetically, I felt almost a pressure early on when I was real young pastoring. I felt this pressure to like, well, I got to prophesy too. So I'd pray for prophecy. You won't come. Prophecy, to, speaking prophetic words, word, uh, word of wisdom, knowledge, you, you, you can't study your way into it. Doesn't mean that studying the word is not good. You can't pray your way into it. See, you have to develop an attitude and an awareness of the person of the Holy Spirit and then it's as He wills it. See, by faith... As I'm coming down the line, I'm speaking over different people, you know, praying. We're speaking the same thing, same thing, because he told me to speak the same thing over everybody. And then, boom, all of a sudden, touch somebody, whoo, what's that? Decision, or clear conscience, or planted in the house. You know, what, 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 are, what are those things? Those are words, okay, statements, whatever, of wisdom, knowledge, or whatever it might be, that are being delivered to bring confirmation so that we can move forward. Amen? And it's vital that we understand that. And listen, <clears throat> the word of wisdom is the greatest gift of the nine. And I want, I want to show you this. Um, you, can, you can say that, well, maybe you don't think this is true after I read this verse of Scripture to you. But I think it's the greatest gift, and there's a reason why. Because, uh, where am I going? Oh, John, uh, John 16 and verse 13. Actually, look, look at verse 12, and this is Jesus saying this to his disciples. He said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He will spe not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, watch this, He will speak and He will tell you things to come. What's that? He will tell you things to come. Okay? As I'm going down the line, Becky and I touch Gladys's hands. All of a sudden, we hear the word decision. Okay? The Holy Spirit is the one that shows you about things to come. In this year, there's going to be decisions, probably is what that word means. As I'm, you know, I'm preaching to you and I'm thinking about that word. What's that word mean, you know? And I'm thinking about it and it's going over in me that it's really about decisions, a plethora of decisions through the year. Because there's years where you have to make decisions to make changes to see other things happen. And that's what's, gonna, that's what's happening in your life. It's a, it's, it's, it's a time of choosing to make a decision that maybe you've dragged your feet on that God wants you to make that decision because you won't see the next thing until you make that decision. So there's that word. Now, that word came 
to me by the Holy Ghost, who what he came here to do was reveal things that are to come. So you and I are so privileged. Listen, that's not just for pastors. That's for anybody. See? It's for anybody to operate like that. Anybody. You, you know how, I mean, I mean, we're in here on Sunday night, and, and it's not, it, it, it doesn't have to be weird and strange. Just do it. Just do it. God will always cover everything that you do if you'll just do what he says. And most of the time, the things that he tells us to do and say, if we're not trained in it, if we're not developed in it, if we're not developing our spirit man with it, we'll ignore it. You, you know what will happen is, I talked about it on Sunday, we'll override what our conscience, the voice of our spirit is saying to us. We'll override that with our soul. We'll say, nah, that, 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 that doesn't even fit. I'm, I'm, ten times out of ten, that would have fit. That would have fit with somebody. Listen, I believe that these were created, these manifestations were created for out there, number one. We've got to be trained and taught as we're doing tonight how to operate in them here, but then we've got to take them to the people. See, m most of... No, not, not most. I'd say half the time in Scripture, these gifts, of, these manifestations of the Spirit, so I, I'm, I'm working that word gift out of my vocabulary because it doesn't say that. It says it, but it doesn't really say it. It's not what he's talking about. He doesn't want the emphasis on what we think a gift is. He wants the emphasis on the manifestation of the Spirit. Because he said in 1 Corinthians 12.1, as we've read many times, he said, now concerning spiritual gifts, so I'm retracting that and saying, now concerning spiritual, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant or unaware of spiritual things. God wants us to be in tune and, and, and tapped into and honed in to what the Spirit of God is saying to us. And it's not that difficult. Uh, I, I, you have to come to a place where you spend more time in a day aware of spiritual things than you are of natural things. And you have to work towards that. I mean, never, never minister something to people out there and, and, and never teach somebody that's just born again to do things that maybe it took you 10 years to learn to do. Never do that. You'd never take a brand new baby and say, you know, fend for yourself and do everything that I do. That, that's ridiculous. And, and, and we've done that with people. And, and even, even in, in, in teaching people and praying for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues, we've put that on people a lot of times prematurely before they've been taught. You've got to teach people what this thing is about. Because, man, you're sitting there going, okay, what? 
what's gonna happen? These people are all praying in tongues. What's gonna happen to me? Is you know, is something gonna take over my tongue? You know, is an angel gonna come down and and fly me through the room? And I'm you know, I'll start doing that. Are they gonna hold me upside down? You know, and I mean, they have to shake all the sin out of me. Or I I mean, you know, people. I mean, they build up all kinds of stuff. You gotta you gotta teach people. You gotta train them. You gotta develop them. And listen, listen, I've been talking to you since last September at, di- at different times about a list of people that you want to see in the kingdom of God that are not born again. And you need a list. Right now I've got a list of 10. Sometimes it grows, sometimes they get saved and it decreases or whatever, but God will always add to. But just look for a list. You, you, you look for the list that God has for you. You may have a list of one, whatever. You need to be practicing on somebody, learning to listen to the voice of God about how you enter into their life, how you just maybe at the first just love on them and allow the Holy Spirit to draw them. The Bible says the kindness of God, the kindness of God leads a man to a place of repentance. I'm not trying to make him get saved. And, 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 and I told you this throughout the year several different times. There are people that I know right now, right now, I know right now, that I would like to be saved, but they're not ready for my God. They're not ready for him. And my God said, I don't want them to have to go through some of the crudola that you went through because people tried to shove the gospel down. I want you to just love them. They're not ready yet. I got one guy that, I've seen, and, and I, th- I thought he was ready about a year ago. And he asked me some really point-blank questions that he had asked me before. And, and I'm, talking about, I'm talking about this guy. I've never had a conversation with this guy. No, no, I did. I had lunch with him one time. Long time ago, I had a lunch with him. But other than that, I have two, three, four-minute conversations with this guy. And... Um, I thought about a year ago he was ready. And the Holy Spirit said to me, very clear, said, you're, it's just not ready. And and a lot of times God won't tell you the whole story and why he's not ready. You're just not ready. You just know that there's just not a peace. Just, I don't need to be preached. The devil would tell you, you're the worst Christian in the world. You didn't make sure that guy got saved. I felt it. Well, you didn't, you know, uh, pastor talks about doing this and that, and you, you know, you, you have all these people around you and you're not sharing with them, you're not even talking to your neighbors or what. You're not, you don't have responsibility to talk to anybody except who God tells you to. The only deal is, are we spending time praying in the Spirit, listening to the voice of God about the people that God wants to bring across our path? Because I promise you, He will equip you and train you how to minister to people with the manifestations of the Spirit, He'll teach you and train you as you're discipling them, as your life is discipling people. You may work a job at a certain place and you're there, same place every day. Say uh, that you work a place and and people are under you and, and they see you every day, every day, every day. It's a great mission field. 
People talk about you know, missions in other countries, and thank God for it. This is a nation's missions church, and we're going to the nations. We are going to the nations, but the nations start right next door to you, right on your job. Greatest mission field is all the people around you. I had a lady tell me one time, she said, you know, I, I, I want to work somewhere where they're all Christians. I used to think that, but I would never do that. Why, 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 would we do, why would we all be in one place? <laughs> Man, we we got to scatter abroad. we got to get in the places where, where the people that are, are struggling. And Man, there's a lot of junk going on in the world. We need to be places where there are people that need our help. And we need to practice how to hear God and how to help them to a place of deliverance. Man. I told you about the guy last week, right? Did I tell that story? But the guy from last year, the golf show, yeah, I told that story, right? I mean, just, you know, things, things like that. You, you, I mean, literally, it's so simple, we miss it. It's not easy because, you know, if you start loving somebody that you don't really like, and the love of God starts coming out of you toward them, and they start gravitating toward you, and, <laughs> and you kind of, you know, okay, yeah, but don't call me, and, you know, all right. And then you see their name on your caller ID. I don't know. You know, I mean, those kind of things. You, man, you, see, you've got to be ready. See, people think that, you know, they want to do all these great things in life. This is the greatest thing. Before you're called to do anything else, you're called as a minister of reconciliation to reconcile people to God. We've been given all the help we need to do it. We just have to develop it. And the greatest gift is this gift of the word of wisdom. It's the greatest gift. Because we are being privileged to be used by God to do, let the Holy Spirit flow through us to give someone a word of wisdom. It, 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 listen, because I, I and again, t you, tonight, I'm, I'm kind of giving you some just personal opinions about this, but a lot of people in the church have missed God because they're waiting on someone else. And they start worshiping people. And you know what? Show honor to where honor is due. Agreed. 100%. I know that. I live that way. I've always lived that way. My born-again life, and I understand what that looks like. But we can, we can cross the line to where we're so enamored by the fact that someone gave us a word, and that word wasn't because of me. That word was because of the Holy Ghost. My part that I played in it is that I've developed and I'm training and developing myself to be able to hear from God so that I can give a word. I'm pointing at her because of the word of wisdom. I've done it hundreds of times through the years. But listen, I'm telling you, at the end of the day, anybody want to take credit for something like that? Just kind of don't stand close to me. Because I'm telling you, it's all about him. You know? We've got to be adamant about the fact we're going to stay connected to him, but it's all about him. It's all about him. Now, we don't have to think of ourselves as taking, you know, uh, 
some good thing can happen a lot of times, and people want to set up camp, you know, and uh, take rights to something, you know, like a gift or this or that. Well, that's my gift. I operate in, you operate in nothing. Without the Holy Ghost, we operate in absolutely nothing. But with him, we can do everything. Everything. But there's just a fine line. And what is that fine line? What true humility, not false humility, but true humility, that I will always acknowledge the greatness of God in any and everything that I do. You and I acknowledge God always so that the flow continues. Why would we want the flow to stop and not be used by God to help other people when that, this whole duplication process is what's been going on ever since Jesus left? Now we're duplicating ourselves in Him. The Apostle Paul did a lot of great things, but listen, the Apostle Paul is no different than you and I other than we honor him and we thank him for his willingness to make sure that we got this, or at least two-thirds of the New Testament. Thank God for his willingness to submit to what happened on the Damascus Road. Other than that, he's no different than you and I. No different. And what we read about him in the acts of the Holy Ghost and all the amazing things that happened and went through him, those same amazing things, if you want to call them amazing, they're amazing from the Holy Ghost, but they happen through him, same things happen through us. Do not be ignorant of the spiritual. That's why we're teaching this. That's why we're going to stay on this until we're... Till he says we're going to quit but we're staying on this and continuing to teach it because you need it tomorrow morning when your eyes open you need the holy ghost you need help i mean there's a world out there that wants to wipe us out knock us at our knees and i mean break our knees and our arms and our legs and keep us you know from being mobile and and have you know, shut our mouth so that we're not declaring the great things of God and all that kind of stuff. Man, we need the Holy Ghost. And if you got the Holy Ghost and you know how to pray in other tongues, that's why when we started this series, we taught on that and then we prayed for people in, in two or three weeks from now on Wednesday night again, we're going to pray for others. Maybe, maybe you were prayed for and you've not prayed in other tongues. You're going to pray. I'm, I'm believing. There's no reason not to because in the Acts of the Holy Spirit that we read about in here, when they prayed for them and they laid hands on them, they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to pray another tongue. So, so, you know, we're not in this thing to try to make it any more than it already was here. We just want to see what happened here happen with us continuously. Can you say amen? So, <clears throat> in this church... I want you to think about this. Uh, Brian and Sandra would know this. The Lamonts, the Dunnings, or the, Dun the Dunnings are back there. Uh, they've been here for a long time, good period of time. The longest, I'd say those, those three couples, probably the longest. The Wagners have been here for a good long time. I mean, different ones of you, you know, different periods of times. But going all the way back and this, in July, it'll be 29 years that we've pastored the same church. In 29 years, and I've 
wrote these things down with several of the thoughts to go with it. But in 29 years, these three things are what we started doing and what we've continued to do and what we're doing and will continue to do. These three things is what we've taught. Faith. Right? We taught faith in God. Not faith in our faith or faith in ourselves, but our faith to be in what God's already done. There's a completed work that he's accomplished. And and we've taught for 29 years faith in God. The second thing that we've taught in the last 29 years is the love of God. God is love. Understanding the importance of loving God and loving people with the love that we know God loved us with. Because you will never love God enough until you experience God loving you. And that's what we've taught. We've broken that down over the last 29 years and understood that the vision of this church is the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. Loving God and loving people with the love that God loved us with and making disciples. That's what we've taught. And the third thing that we've taught is in a number of different ways all about hearing the voice of the Spirit of God. We've taught about hearing God and about doing what we hear. Not just being a hearer. The Bible says if you're a hearer and then you walk away from it and you forget it, then you're deceived. Because you have a head full of, I think it works, but a heart not knowing whether it really works. And for 29 years we've taught the Holy Ghost about hearing his voice and knowing what that is and how to know the difference between his voice and all the other voices of the world and then doing what he says. We've done that for 29 years for one specific reason and that's to further the lives of people so that the world doesn't take them out but that they overcome because Jesus said he overcame the world and that we're overcomers overcoming the world by our faith in the fact that he overcame. And if, that, if I really believe that, then I have the potential to live a totally stress-free life. If I really believe that he overcame everything. Scripture says in the world there's much tribulation. But Jesus said, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. In the world, there's much tribulation. Where do you and I live? No, I don't live in the world. I I, I live free from the world. No, you don't. You live right in the midst of all the hell that's going on out here. In the world, there's much tribulation. But be of good cheer, he said. What does that mean? Brighten up. Hmm? Stand up up straight. Don't, Don't walk around like this. All moaning and groaning and complaining about how bad everything. No, he overcame. And if I have faith that he really overcame, then I overcome any and everything that I face. That's a potential for a totally stress-free life. Right in the midst of all hell and all stress happening everywhere around us. 
That's what we've taught. And we'll continue so that people don't get overtaken and defeated, that we continue to live a life overcoming. Can you say amen? amen. Now, I want to... I want to end tonight looking at this story <clears throat> in Acts chapter 9. <clears throat> I want to read this story starting with verse 1. <clears throat> Acts chapter 9. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest. And he asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around, around him from heaven. Okay? So... This guy is killing Christians. He's murdering Christians. Okay? But listen to me. He's murdering Christians because he thinks he's doing it for God. Because he's part of a religious sect that recruit people. They recruit people to be a part of, of, of their belief system of who God was. And he was a Jew believing he was fighting and killing Christians on God's behalf. The God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. That's what he believed. Notice, here's this light comes around him. And he fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul... Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul said, Who are you, Lord? Saul called a voice, not, not somebody he saw, a voice. He said, Okay, but who are you, Lord? I mean, I mean, I've been taught all my life who you are, and is, is this you? Because why would you be telling me that I'm persecuting you when what I'm doing, I'm doing for your good? What does that mean? That means that people out there in the world are confused. And listen to me, and, and we'll, we'll talk more about this throughout the year, <laughs> but people out there, really don't know what they're doing. People that are ugly and mean and kill people and all those kind of things, they don't really know what they were doing. Now here, here we're talking about the guy that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, that pinned two-thirds of the New Testament for us, if you will. This guy was confused. And he was murdering Christians. How many people do we know, and this isn't, 
like I'm not up here, you know, proclaiming that all the terrorist group and all that are, you know, good people and all these kind of things. I mean, terrorists that do bad things, that, that's, those are bad works, but they were still created in the image of God, right? So you could say that Paul was kind of a terrorist working against the church. He was an enemy to the church. We've seen enemies to the church all over this world, this planet, through the years. People murdered and, and taken out because, because they were Christians, okay? And here Paul is, he hears this voice. Paul is believing it's the Lord, and he's asking the Lord, who are you? And this is the Lord's response. <clears throat> then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goings. So he, he, trembling and astonished, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise, go in the city, and you will be told what you must do. What is that right there? In the manifestation of the Spirit of God that we're teaching out of 1 Corinthians 12, what is that right there? That's the manifestation of the word of knowledge. Right there, Jesus himself, by the Holy Ghost, same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, same Spirit that lives in us, Jesus, by the Holy Ghost, spoke to Saul at the time who would become the Apostle Paul. And he gave him a word of knowledge about what he was to do right now. You see that right there? Now watch this next piece of this. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul rose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. In other words, he still couldn't see. And he was three days without his sight, neither ate, and he neither ate nor drank. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise, go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And there he was, and, and, and here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him many things he must suffer for my name's sake. For I will show him many things he must suffer for my name's sake. The Spirit of God, through Jesus, was going to show the Apostle Paul, who would, that would be his, become his name, things in the future that he must suffer. What's that? That was a word of wisdom. And Jesus said, if Jesus said that's what he was going to do, then that's what Jesus did. He shared with him that. 
And when you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and you look at everything that happened to the Apostle Paul, I mean, it's, I mean it's, it's almost the whole chapter. He was in deaths often and stoned and shipwrecked and this and that, all the different things. Some people think, well, you know, then, you know, why would Jesus say that he would suffer? Because his journey and where his journey was taking him, there were some things that came against him. But Paul always said this, many of the afflictions that come against the righteous, but my God delivers me from every single one of them. Can you say amen to that? Many of the afflictions, when you start having to do things or you do things that go against the flow. Three days Paul didn't eat when he couldn't see. What do you think Paul thought of in those three days? What have I been doing? What? How could I be so deceived? Huh? I think, I think that the three-day period was on purpose so that he could meditate on what just actually happened. Because Paul knew enough inside of him from scriptures that he had spent time in all of his upbringing. He was very educated, been to every synagogue, and I mean, been to church since he was, you know, since he was born. And he knew everything. And I believe in those, that three-day period of time that he went through and began to dig things out of him and come to a realization. I've been living a lie, and now it's time to, the way I poured myself into killing Christians, I'm going to pour myself in to allowing God to use me to advance his purpose and his plan in the earth. And that's what he did. Amen? And we see the acts of, of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts as we look all through there. So much of it is the, uh, is the Apostle Paul. And all the things that he did, he did because of his connection to the Holy Ghost and these manifestations, these nine manifestations of the Spirit as the Lord willed them. God helped him, and he brought him through, and there were many, many issues and, and afflictions and things that came against him, but God delivered him from every single one of them. And it's no different for you and I. Living in the kingdom of God, in the last 29 years pastor in this church, there's been lots of afflictions. Join the club. That's just part of it. But if we're going to get caught off on, oh, you know, I've been so afflicted and all, it'll take you down. Many of the afflictions that come against the righteous, but our God delivers us from all of them. Can you say amen? There's not anything that you and I cannot accomplish. The words of wisdom and knowledge that flow through us are not because we're so gifted or we're so this. I promise you, God uses anybody, anybody, He'll use anybody for any of these nine manifestations of the Spirit. Anybody. And the way you develop that in your life is by praying in the Spirit and becoming more and more aware of God's presence in, in, in the things that go on in our lives. Can you say amen to that? And, I, and I'll leave you just with, with this thought tonight. <clears throat> and I, I said this to you last week. When we're developing our ability to hear from God, we have to wait on Him. You can't get so busy studying God, about God that you don't learn to wait on God. Those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. 
then in your waiting, we can't be afraid to ask. The Bible says, he that has not, because he asks not. Those that ask and don't receive is because they ask amiss. Why? Because they didn't wait. Too busy asking before they're waiting. Then when we're waiting and we're asking, we learn to listen to what God is saying to us. That's why Sunday, as we talked about the last couple of Sundays, we talked about living with a clear conscience. Really encourage you to, to go and download those you know, on the website. They're free. You can download them or listen to them. But I really encourage you to listen to those last two Sunday messages because it's vital that you really understand what your conscience is and how vital it is that you're able to hear the voice of God coming from your spirit and, and the spirit of God from there, that voice of the spirit speaking to you what God says about something instead of you just listening to the natural world and your natural mind trying to figure out life in itself. God didn't create you, you and I to figure life out. God created us to know God and let God reveal to us what life is really about and how to overcome every obstacle in every situation. Amen? And to do that, we've got to learn to listen. Waiting and listening are two different things. Waiting on the Lord is being quiet before God and allowing you to listen, but you've got to quiet yourself down. Then listening is being able to tell the difference in the different voices that are out there. There's the voice of the Spirit of God, and there's other voices. And God wants us to be very to the point in our listening, knowing how to tell the difference between the voice of the Spirit and other voices. Because the enemy will come with similar truths to the truth, but it's a counterfeit. Ever seen a counterfeit bill before? A lot of them are really good. you got to be sharp or you got to have a pen that shows you the paper's wrong or something. I mean, there's a lot of counterfeit bills that just with the natural eye, people will miss it. And that's the way it is with the enemy. Somebody will think, well, you know, God just said this to me when it could be the enemy that said that. That's why we got to know how to listen, Right? And once we listen, as we've waited, as, as I said, we've asked, we've listened, and then we become doers of what we know is God. There, there's where our success lies. And listen, there's no day like the present to put these truths that we're talking about tonight to work right now. Not later, now. Put those things to work now on a day-to-day basis. And you start by developing, praying in the Spirit more and more all the time. Um, don't raise your hand if you think this, but I think most people think that praying in the Spirit sometimes can be kind of boring or just like, okay, what am I doing? You know, And what you're doing is learning to wait on God as you're praying in the Spirit. I... I in, in my routine in my day, I, I take a certain period of my day and I sit and listen. And in that listening time, I'm sometimes praying in the Spirit and then sometimes just being quiet. I have a place where I can do that. You need to find that place. It doesn't matter if it's five minutes that you have. You say, yeah, but I don't have a lot of time. Well, take five minutes and, and you know, quit doing something else for five minutes and do that five minutes where you're just praying in other tongues. Because when you're praying in other tongues with a purpose, you will get answers. And a lot of times we think, you know, okay, so, so what's happening? You're learning, you're, you're waiting on God, number one, and then you're learning to listen to what he wants to get over to you about specific things. And there's times after I'm listening, I'll say, you know what, Lord? 
I heard this today. As I was praying in the Spirit, I heard this. I just ask you to reveal to me and show me what I need to do with this. And what I'll do is I'll start praying in the Spirit again. I mean, I'll voice things. like It's like if Randy and I were having a conversation, if we're just sitting there looking at each other and we're not doing anything, you know, there's no communication. So you've got to develop, you, you have to have this kind of, this, this, this uh, routine of things that you do. You've got to be, you've got to be confessing some word. You've got to be listening. You've got to be praying in other tongues. You've got to, you, you, you've got to be asking God some things at specific times. So there's got to be this routine the way you would if you were developing a relationship. You know, when my wife and I talk and we have communication and conversation, it's not just like one-sided I just tell her about my day and I walk off, you know. No, we, we talk about things. Or if we're talking about vision or we're talking about things with the church or whatever, I, I want to hear her point. She wants to hear mine, you know. I might ask her what she thinks about something. Then I'm going to sit and listen to what she says. Then, then, then you know, we, we may write things down, go meditate on those things, come back later and talk about those kind of things. It's the same way with God. We've got to have this ongoing real relationship where we develop the ability to be involved in the spiritual. Do not be ignorant or unaware of the spiritual. That's what he's saying. Can you say amen? amen. Glory to God.